It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked On Reds. And here we go. That's it. That's all. No more trades. That's right. The trade deadline came and went yesterday at 4 p.m., and it brought with it the drama that we all figured it would. I'm going to talk about that here in just a moment and also briefly touch on the fact that the Reds have now won three straight series, this time at the hands of the Pittsburgh Pirates. But before we get to that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, the Himalaya podcasting app, and all the wonderful podcasting platforms that are out there. If you're listening to this podcast right this moment, subscribe on whichever platform you're on easiest way to get the podcast each and every day also check us out on twitter at locked on reds and at jeff carr with three f's and save the locked on reds line phone number into your phone 513-549-0159 and i've got some calls in there we're we're probably going to get to those on monday and tuesday and stuff like that But keep sending in your reactions. You have the trade deadline moves that I'm going to get to. You have expectations for the rest of the year. What you think about the Pirates, you know, that might be spoiler alert already. I don't think many of people listening to this podcast who call themselves Reds fans really care too much for them at this point. But give me a call at the Lockdown Reds line and tell me about it. So let's look at... The biggest news of the day, the trade deadline, the Reds made three trades. Now, one of them happened on Tuesday night, and we kind of touched on it in the craziness, in the aftermath that was the Wednesday podcast talking about the craziness of Tuesday night. But the Reds made two deals right before the deadline. In fact, one of them was reported after the deadline. Now, it was, as one MLB reporter mentioned on Twitter, 4 p.m. is the deadline for Major League Baseball general managers to get their trades into the league office. 4 p.m. was not the deadline to report it on Twitter. And that's what happened. The reported trade of Scooter Jeanette to the San Francisco Giants was reported after the 4 p.m. deadline. And... This is a deal that's kind of got some people hung up, and I've got a question about that, and that's another great thing to give me a call on that Locked On Reds line about why are you hung up on this? He was in his contract deal. I think it was about widely understood. There may be some folks that didn't quite put two and two together on this, but the Reds, if they were going to extend Scooter, it was going to be after last year. They were going to give him a new contract, whenever he almost won the batting title from the eventual MVP in Christian Yelich, and then Christian Yelich, the last couple of days of last season, took over the batting title from him. But that was when 
we were going to see Scooter in Cincinnati for an extended period of time. And I know it's a bummer. I know he's a hometown guy. I know he's a cool dude. Like, he was fun to root for. On one hand, I've got my fan heart that is a little bit sad at this. I'm going to miss Scooter Jeanette. I really am. But then on the other side, the objective part of this is so good. I am so into this because it shows that the front office is no longer hamstrung by the whole idea of fan favorites. Because here's what the deal is. Whether or not you agree with me, I mean, obviously he was a fan favorite. But whether or not you agree with this trade, here's the one thing that Scooter didn't do. He didn't bring winning baseball to Cincinnati. Now, that's not one player's fault. It's not one Scooter Jeanette's fault at all. It's a team effort. But one Scooter Jeanette did not make this team good enough to compete. This season, they continue to hang on by a thread in any sort of playoff race. And the good news is they're not in last place anymore. The last four seasons, not the case. 90-plus losses. So, what are we talking about here? We're talking about the fact that the Reds needed to open up second base for Josh Van Meter, or for Nick Senzel, or for Jose Peraza, or for whoever they figure out is going to be the main second baseman, or if they need to go get somebody, if they if none of these guys can fill it in. Newsflash, I think Josh Van Meter's got a good hold on this. But they had to trade him away to open up that spot. Plus, it also opens up a really good chance for Philip Irvin to play almost every day or a lot more than he already is, and I love that idea. In fact, if you look at, depending on which website you look at, if you look at Fangraphs.com, Fangraphs.com has Philip Irvin as one of the five most valuable batters to the Reds this season. He needs more playing time. This is the way to get that. Then you have the Tanner Rourke trade. That was widely understood, widely expected that it was going to happen. They sent him to the Oakland days, and they received in return a minor league outfielder by the name of Jameson Hanna. He is an outfielder who scouts say he's got a lot of speed. He's not necessarily got a lot of pop with the bat. But he has done a good job of getting on base in his limited minor league appearances. He was just drafted last year, so it's not as if he has a ton of professional games under his belt right now. But if you were to look on the aforementioned Fangraphs.com, whenever you look at a prospect, a guy that's in the minor leagues and has not had his taste of Major League Baseball just yet... They kind of give an ETA, and right now, Jamison Hanna's ETA for making it to the major leagues is 2021, and that's okay. I mean, he's kind of a flyer. You, you, you really weren't going to get a big haul for Tanner Rourke. I think that was widely understood as well, but you had to get something because chances were you weren't going to re-sign him as cool as it might have been to lock him up, with the trade of getting Trevor Bauer and bringing him to Cincinnati, that officially kind of put Rourke and Wood on notice with both of their guys' contracts expiring at the end of this year. It'll be interesting to see how the Reds play this out with Alex Wood the rest of the way. And real quick, and I'm not going to jump into it because we talked about it at at length earlier, and I'm talking about it at length here in a moment with my special guest, but 
I'm on board with this Trevor Bauer trade. I really like it. I know that he is only controlled through next season, and then he gets to do the whole free agency song and dance. But I like the way the Reds' rotation looks going into this year. Plus, it is a bigger picture thought of the Reds' front office is saying we are ready to play. You know, we are ready to play for the playoffs in 2020. Now, who knows? There may be a few more holes to fill in this offseason, but they will still have money to do that. They set themselves up very nicely by putting an awesome three-headed monster on top of their starting rotation in Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, and Trevor Bauer. Very happy with that. We're going to take a quick break right now. I've got an awesome conversation for you with a special guest in just a moment. Today's episode of Locked On Reds is brought to you by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is the only chewable with the same active ingredient as Viagra or Cialis, but since it's a chewable, it works faster. Look, every so often, and there was a whole era of baseball where guys were looking for a little bit of an edge, a little bit of a boost, and sometimes it wasn't legal. This right here is legal. BlueChew.com, and if you enter the promo code MLB, you'll get your first order for free. All you got to do is pay shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code MLB. Are you looking for a little bit of a performance boost in the bedroom? BlueChew will give that to you. Just enter promo code MLB at BlueChew.com today for your free first order. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring today's episode for our next segment here on this episode of locked on red i'm joined here by bronson arroyo i really appreciate you joining me here bronson how are you doing man doing good down in florida trying to avoid the rain <laughs> that's that is a uh that's not too bad a place this trade deadline the hard and fast july 31st there's no august anymore it all ends Today, we're recording this right after the trade deadline, and I wanted to get your reaction. What do you think of the Reds going after Trevor Bauer, but also losing Yasiel Puig in the process? Yeah, well, first of all, I, I definitely, I love the hard, the hard line, July 31st deadline, because it, it always felt a little, I always felt a little cheated by it whenever they would have a trade deadline and then somebody would be traded 10, 10 days later based off the waiver wire stuff, so it's not, I, I like it's kind of one and done, you know, get it all done. And, and now we can move on for the next two months of the season and see who's going to try to compete for a championship. But, um, you know, I think, I, I think the Trevor Bauer situation is, is fantastic. I mean, I think quality starting pitching coming into an organization is, is good no matter what, um, you know, with that being said, so I think him for Puig is probably a great, a great move. Although, although you're probably losing a little bit of um, chemistry in the locker room, you know, Yasiel brought a lot to the table this year. Um, you know, in past you heard stories about him being, you know, maybe, um, a guy who was hard to deal with, um, in a Dodger, Dodger organization, but he definitely seemed like he matured here and people were really enjoying him being around and being kind of the glue and keeping a little bit of uh zest in that locker room as scooter was out for the year, um, you know, for the first two or three months. But, um, you know, I think losing Tanner Rourke is, is, you know, in a lot of ways, it feels like a wash with, with, um, with, with Bauer, you know, I don't know. Um, if you match them up side by side, you know, Bowers probably had some better years, but you know, Tanner's a really solid guy. He'd give you an opportunity to win most nights. And, um, you know, I, I would have loved to keep both those guys, but obviously Tanner's going to be a free agent. And, um, 
they decided to go ahead and pull the trigger on that. What kind of impact do you see? Does the uh, locker room chemistry get repaired quickly, or does that take a little bit longer? Yeah, I mean, I, I think sometimes I think we probably could blow that a little bit out of proportion. I think good teams always find a way to have chemistry because they're good, right? When you win, everything is is hunky dory. But but there's also something to be said about a guy like Yatiel who's um, in his own right, kind of a freak, you know. I mean, in a lot of ways, he's 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 an Usain Bolt. He's a he's an Araldis Chapman. He's a guy who has a, you know, just a kind of a a God-given, just fantastic body who just goes out, plays the game, almost like a wild horse or reckless abandon in a lot of ways. And and he, but he brings people to the stadium. They're excited to see him. You know, he brings some some magic there. And and so, um, you know, I think if you're winning ball ball um, games on a consistent basis the locker room will always take care of itself, but you hate to see some of the good guys, you know, that make, make, make it fun. You know, baseball is a long season. And what people don't realize is sometimes just mentally people will check out based on just being physically tired or, you know, the monotony of traveling on a ball club that you don't have, um, you know, a bunch of good characters on to, to have good dinners at night or to hang in a hotel room and play some video games or whatever it is. There's, you know, it's a long season and it can grind you down a little bit. So having some personality is always a plus. That being said, it doesn't make up for, for pure talent. And, um, you know, Bauer's going to bring, you know, a, a power arm with a great breaking ball and, and some experience in pitching deep into playoff games um, on a really good ball cl- club for a couple of years and, and playing, you know, just playing high-quality baseball can, can hopefully come into that rotation and continue doing what he's done over the last two, three years. What do you make of the Reds' uh, playoff aspirations? Maybe not even necessarily this year, but definitely for next year. When you add a guy like Trevor Bauer, who was in the Cy Young conversation at least the last couple of years, he's not necessarily right there right now. But how do you look at this team moving forward now after this trade deadline? You know, as long as they can keep that rotation intact. I mean, obviously, Castillo has been fantastic all year. I mean, he's going to be vying for a Cy Young this year probably on a team that, you know, is not going to play 500 ball. Um, you know, the rest of the rotation other than Alex Wood has really, you know, shown itself to be consistent most of the season. So you add Trevor into that mix. I think if you can keep all those guys in hand for next year, um, you're going to give yourself an opportunity, like I always say, to just compete in the division. You know, I mean, you obviously need, you need a lineup that can put up runs and you got to have great defense, but, but your starting block, you know, for a, for a football team is going to be the guy who has the ball in his hand, which is the quarterback most of the time. And if you don't have a good quarterback to lead your team, you just can't pull it off any other way. And I feel the same way about baseball, that the starting pitchers have the ball in their hand too much. And if those guys get off to a rocky start, you know, two out of every three nights, you just don't have an opportunity to, to bounce back from that. And so if they can keep that rotation intact, they're going to give themselves an opportunity to put up enough quality starts to compete in the division. Also wanted to talk to you about Tuesday night. It was an absolute insane scene, like guys fighting and all this different stuff, and you had guys protecting each other. Uh, what was your take on all of that? Well, I, di- I didn't see the stuff that, that built up towards the fight. Um, I just saw the Amir part of it um, as he was being taken out of the game and the out just before it at first base, but – you know, I've been in, in quite a few fights. Um, sometimes they're, you know, they're, they're legitimate fights for the right reasons. And sometimes it's, you know, it's, it's stuff that's been stirred up from the other side. Um, whether you have a manager who can just be very vindictive when we used to play the, the Tampa Bay Rays a lot. And, and, and um, 
you had you had those guys. They, you know, we hit one of their guys. They hit two. Lou Pinella was over there, and he just wasn't going to stand it. So he, he, we hit one of his guys. He hit two. So it always felt like he was kind of poking the bear a little bit. And um, I don't know exactly what happened. I know Clint Hurdles traditionally been a really good guy in the game and a solid, solid human. So um, I don't know what happened. But um, you know, I think if Amir could take it back, I don't know if he would probably play that move again. You know what I mean? I think just charging a dugout first of all i mean when you're when you're in a situation usually you're having personal beef with one or two guys on a ball club and if you're just going to charge a dugout like that you know you're going to wind up throwing haymakers and swinging on guys that had nothing to do with the fight i mean if you if you saw there you know joey cora the third base coach was trying to grab a mirror there in the beginning of the fight and you know you just don't want those type of situations happening hopefully i mean we're trying to play the game at a high level and trying to keep guys healthy which is hard enough to do on the field just performing much less, you know, somebody coming out and getting kicked in the face like Jason LaRue did by Johnny Cueto when we had that fight in St. Louis um, against the Cardinals um, that year in Great American Ballpark. And that ended it, Jason LaRue's career. You just don't want to see those type of things happen. So, um, you know, on the flip side of that, the positives are that you do want guys to stick up for each other. You do want a band of brothers if you're trying to win a World Series championship. And sometimes fights can bring guys closer together and um, can bring some mutual respect um, you know, inside of that clubhouse. And so, you know, hopefully, you know, all things just continue to go smooth from here on out. And it happens once in a while. It's just the way it is. I just happened to be a little wilder with a mirror charging off the mound like that than you normally would see. That was just a crazy scene to witness. I, I, <laughs> I just, when I was watching it, I was just dumbfounded. I was like, holy cow, this is just nuts. Yeah. It, it can be scary too. You know, I've been in plenty of fights and I was always a pretty fit guy. And, you know, you, you've got, you've got so many people, you know, you can't keep track of 50 people that are all fighting at the same time. And some guys are just trying to pull people off and some t- guys are trying to create some peace. And then there's some guys just sucker punching people and kicking people. Right. And so it can be, it can be scary. I mean, you got grown men out there that are 230, 40 pounds. I mean, and these guys can hurt each other. And so, um, you know, I, I personally would have loved to play my career and never had a fight, but you know, it's just not the way the game is. <laughs> yes. That is a good goal to have. And thinking of that too, and I know uh, we're getting a little bit long here, but I did want to ask you, is there ever a point where you remember there was a point in the game where just all of a sudden one of the guys on the other team made you so mad that you kind of forgot what you did after that? Yeah, there's times when, you know, things can get out of hand and then emotions take over and then people aren't thinking clearly. So they're not really hearing what you're saying. They're just watching body language and, and maybe, you know, they're inside their own head. And so, you know, it can happen quickly on a field and you hope that there's some guys on both sides that could be a little bit reasonable. You hope that there's, there's, you know, but every team has its own personality. And I know there's been times when 2003, we gotten, we had a crazy um, series with the Yankees when I was with the Red Sox and, and Roger Clemens was out on the mound and Pedro had thrown it at one of their guys. And it was already kind of a fight. And then Roger Clemens threw a ball that was, you know, four feet from Manny Ramirez's head, but Manny took it like he was throwing at him just up in the zone a little bit. And then those emotions turned. And that was when Pedro grabbed Don Zimmer and threw him down. And that wind up being this melee of a fight based on something that really shouldn't have happened, you know? So it's just, um, it's a heightened sense of awareness. Sometimes it can be like a pack mentality. A lot of times too, when things happen, people start chirping from the dugout. You don't really know who's saying it, but it just feels like, you know, it's two teams kind of, warring against each other and and you know you might have friends on the other side but you know if you're in a red uniform you're with the reds and that's just how it goes and so you know things can get out of hand sometimes it usually only happens once or twice um a season but you know the surprising thing for me in that fight was actually that david bell was so heated right 
and I could hear him. I could hear him screaming. Um, <clears throat> you're trying to get people killed. He was yelling at at um, Clint Hurdle, and and um, so I guess you know people don't enjoy when balls are getting thrown near people's heads. We understand that there's going to be um, some retaliation in the game, and guys are going to get drilled. But you you hope to hit guys between the knees and maybe the rib cage. And if balls are flying up near the face, then sometimes it gets a little where it starts feeling a little a little hairy, you know, and a little out of control. So I don't I don't know if that was the situation, but I did hear him screaming that. Well, man, I, uh, Bronson, I really appreciate you coming on and talking with me today. Uh, real quick, I know that the band is all over the country. When's the next time you guys are in Cincinnati? We're playing. Um, we're taking a nice long break, but we are playing the day before Thanksgiving at Bogarts. It's going to be kind of a nine, a '90s revival. I think there's a Stone Temple Pilots band, a Nirvana band, Soundgarden band, and then we're closing it out doing a bunch of Pearl Jam. So that's going to be a good night, day before Thanksgiving. Hopefully, people are out having a couple of beers, and um, that should be a good one. That sounds all right, man. Thanks for coming on, and I hope to talk to you again soon. Cool. All right. Thanks for having me. That'll do it for the Thursday edition of the Locked on Reds podcast. Make sure you check out tomorrow's show. We've got C. Trent Rosecrans coming on the podcast. We're going to talk about all things trade deadline. Going to see what Tuesday night was like for him and some other stuff too. Make sure you check that out. You don't want to miss that. C. Trent always has a lot of good content with him. Make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast on all the major platforms. That's the best way to make sure you don't miss anything that happens on the Locked On Reds podcast. Also, hit us up on Twitter at Locked On Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And give us a call, 513-549-0159 for the Locked On Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.